Welcome to Breakthrough with Brig, the podcast that teaches high-achieving Black women how to use thought work to break through barriers, get out of their own way, and become their best self in the most loving and sustainable way. Y'all ready? Let's dig in. Episode 98. Today, we're going to talk about something I've been uncovering for myself, and it kind of surprised me. So if it surprised me, I know this is something that we all work on. And so I wanted to give it a name and talk about it, bring up the dialogue, and maybe you guys can bring it to the Melanin Hour, our community forum, and we coach on it. But I wanted to talk about increasing or recognizing our visibility capacity. Ooh, our visibility capacity. Because for a lot of us, like we're out there, right? If you're a high achieving woman, you have this fear where you the shit. (laughs) There is a place where you feel very comfortable. And I don't know what that place is, but there is a sphere of influence that you feel comfortable in. Like you might not have at one point or time or another, but now you feel very comfortable in this sphere or this place, right? But remember, our thing is, is we want to put out our epic shit, our brilliance out there. So that means that there is another sphere probably adjacent or close, or it just gets bigger, right? Where we don't quite feel comfortable. I've been like really watching myself feeling very comfortable in my current sphere, which amazes me because I am so comfortable in my current sphere. But had you told me that three years ago that I was going to feel this comfortable, I would never have believed you. Right. Like there was a capacity that I had even for where I am now. Right. And like even with anesthesia, there was a visibility sphere of who's anesthesia. And for me to go me. Right. I'm in the room like the visibility capacity. What's your capacity to be visible, to be seen? Because the Visibility is the state of being seen from a distance, even. The visibility is measured like how far you can be seen from a distance. So the higher up you go in your sphere of influence, the more distance people can see you, right? And the degree to which something has attracted general or prominent attention, right? So there's a capacity that we have But when we go into our epicness, our epic sphere, right? There's our sphere now, our zone. But when we go into our epic sphere, there's another capacity. But here's the deal. We've only built the visibility capacity for where we are. And sometimes when we don't go to the next level and we're stuck and we're trying to figure out how come I'm not doing what I need to do, It may not be a discipline problem. It is definitely not a willpower problem. We've talked about that. 
It may not be, I don't want to, I don't want it enough, like I've said. It could be this sneaky thing called visibility that I've made up, a visibility capacity. Because that's what it was for me. It's like, oh, I really don't want to go out of there and do my epic shit over there, even though I do want to do my epic shit over there. But there is these small little thoughts that I've never really quite given a voice to that says, but they won't get you, but they won't understand. And then there's this like rumbling in my stomach when I think of it, like they're not going to understand who is the they, right? But they are not going to understand. They're not going to get me. And that lets me know, oh, I have a visibility capacity. I've reached my capacity at where I'm at. And so now my job is to increase my capacity for more visibility in that epic zone. Okay. Now, we're going to go back and say why we have visibility. There's three reasons why I came up with three reasons why we have visibility issues. Okay. But the first thing I want to do is I want to normalize the fact that we may have to conquer this again because we make it like I've done my work. Oh my God. I can't believe I'm back here again. Yeah, you are. Let's normalize that. Our body, like, listen, if we know how our nervous system works, it works on a need by need basis, almost kind of like that saying, like on a need to know basis where our body works on a need to need basis, right? If we use it, then it's like, okay, I'll increase it to this, right? So it doesn't increase it until we start giving it the signal that it needs to build that, okay? So it's totally normal that your body only built the infrastructure for the visibility for where you are now. It didn't build unlimited visibility structure. It didn't tackle all of the things that are in your brain that could happen because it didn't need to because it only needed to tackle for where you are now. Remember, our body wants to conserve. So there was this capacity that was set by your current level for visibility. So what do we do? Well, now that we know that that's the thing, we just learn to increase our capacity to the next level, to the epic level. That's it. That's where we're at. We're at a visibility capacity. We have a problem with the capacity. We know how to build capacity. I'm going to tell you in this episode, but I wanted you to notice the subtle ways it may be coming up for you that you have a capacity for visibility when you're thinking about them more so than you and what you're doing. When you're thinking about what they're going to think, how they're going to react, what they're going to say, whoever they are, that's a visibility capacity issue. Okay, now let's get to the three things why we may have that. Okay. Since I talked to high achieving black women, let's just talk about this sapphire trope, right? Which is now the angry black woman trope, but it was initially the sapphire trope. And remember, if you can go back to the podcast on the angry black woman, I talked about sapphire and how she came about. And um, so you can listen to that episode. I don't know what it is, but it'll be in the show notes. But anyway, she was this, 
fictional character that these radio people came up with. And she was a very emasculating, very loud, very stubborn black woman. And the key was like, she was emasculating and she was very loud, right? So she was the antithesis to the demure, very gentle, good woman, right? Even the good black woman, she was the antithesis of this, right? So it was put out like, you did not ever want to be perceived as the loud sapphire, visible, loud, taking up all the space. You'd never wanted to be seen as that. That was considered bad because it definitely wasn't marriage material, right? And remember, our power up until recently was always in who we married, right? Like our power, our ability to survive, to make money was in who we married, even if we got married, right? So that trope wasn't marriage material according to society. So to be seen as visible or loud brings back like, I don't want to be like her, right? And I shouldn't be like her. So if you were raised to be demure, right, then maybe your visibility capacity is seated in this story, okay? But there's another way. There's another thing. The John Hopkins University Press publication, they published the African-American Review. And one of my favorite authors, Dr. Caretha Mitchell, who wrote From Slave Cabin to the White House, she has an article in that titled Identifying White Mediocrity and Know Your Place Aggression. The main thing is this part about knowing your place aggression. This is part number two as far as visibility. Why am I bringing this up? Because Dr. Mitchell defines know your place aggression as the flexible praise, any progress by those who are not straight, white, and male is answered by a backlash of violence, both literal and symbolic, both physical and discursive, that essentially says know your place. It is when we make achievements there may be praise, but just as much as there is praise, there is this backlash of know your place aggression. We don't have to go too far in history to understand this. We can look at Black Wall Street. We can look at, I'm sure maybe some of you have your own instances where there was definitely a know your place aggression. I'm not going to argue that it's not still happening because it is right? And we have to remember our biology. If this was the way generations have been raised for us as a people, then you would know that biologically in our nervous system, it served us for this system, the nociception, our neuroception or nociception. <laughs> it's like deception. It's this reactiveness that our body has to Shit ain't quite right, right? That our nervous system is always going out into the physical environment trying to see if we're safe, right? Well, this part of us, as we say something, we're looking at our counterparts' eyes, their facial expressions, their body to see if like, did I go over a line? Because if I went over a line, 
there may be a repercussion, know your place, aggression. So our nociception, y'all know sometimes I just can't pronounce words and this is going to be one of them. Our nociception is responding to this, right? It's like hyper aroused and hypersensitive where some other people who may not have had this exposure, their parents didn't have this exposure. So therefore it's not like genetically passed on for that their harmonic malu, meaning their body and the amount of neurotransmitters that are released and how sensitive they are may not be dialed in up as up as ours is because of our history, right? Trauma passed on from generations. So therefore, some of us who have been through this and our parents have been through this and whatever, generational trauma is a biological thing as much as it is a psychological thing, as much as it is everything else, right? So biologically, we are more receptive to crossing that line to, is this the point where if I become more visible than my boss, more visible than my coworker, more visible than my husband, more visible than my family members, wherever the line of demarcation is in your social structure, wherever that is, expect for your nervous system to be like on hyper arousal. Like it's looking for the dilation of the eye. What's going on? Them sim- Like, I'm going to say this, I got a raise. And you are like, your body automatically starts looking to what's his reaction? What's her reaction? What's so-and-so? When you get the promotion, what's their reaction? What's going on? And that is totally normal because that's part of our history. So There's that visibility, right? Know your place aggression and that there may be an aggressive mood against your visibility and you shining. The third thing is there may be this thing of like, if the light is shining on me, they may find out. They're going to find out. They're going to know. This is where the imposter syndrome comes in and this was a fluke and I was just a diversity hire and I shouldn't be here and this was just luck and they just caught me on a good day and this is not really how I am. And like we really hadn't owned our ability to create that we are here and this isn't a fluke and we haven't understood that of course we have imposter syndrome because this world was designed for us to feel like we don't belong. So of course you don't belong. And we get to like, yeah. And what else? Like, and let's go as opposed to trying to like, I shouldn't be feeling this way. Right. So those are the things as far as the third reason why we may have a capacity issue on the visibility. So the first thing is like, identifying which one of those three or combination of those three that you have. The next thing we get to do is validate it. This isn't the time to like, oh, be coach yourself out of it. We're going to get to coaching. Don't worry, because you know I believe in coaching, right? So, but to validate, oh, I understand, like, To yourself, like tell yourself where you are, identify like, oh, this is a visibility capacity thing, right? Like I hadn't got to this level of visibility yet. Like that's what I finally had to say is like, oh, 
I hadn't got to this level of visibility. That's why I'm just staying right here is that's a next level of visibility. So my job is to increase my capacity. For me, it was it was a little bit of they're going to find out the imposter. Like, are you really that good? Can you really coach that well? Do you really know your shit about black women? But what about this? They may say this, right? That's like, for me, that was some of the capacity things. There could be some capacity things on knowing your place aggression, like for wherever you are, or I just don't want to be that visible because I want I don't want to be seen as that loud black woman, right? So identify which one it is. Like, just have yourself a, a truth time. Like, oh, this is the capacity and just kind of identify what you think, which one it is. Listen, our bodies know. The problem is, is we never really listen to ourselves in our knowing. So if you were to like slay steel and go, you know what? This may be a, a visibility capacity issue. If it is, which one of the three is it? Or is it all of them or what combination, right? So once you do that, you can validate it. You can go like, yes, I understand. This is some scary shit. You getting ready to speak on a stage between 3,000 people, right? Or you're getting ready to do a podcast interview with this person. Or you're getting ready to be in the boardroom with the president of the company and the entire board. Of course, you're worried about imposter syndrome. Of course, you're worried about messing it up. Just validating it. And then just kind of just be with that. because. I can tell you validating it will like lessen the charge in that lower brain of saying, listen, this is an issue. We're going to be in trouble. And there's a difference. Just think about it. If you're like, we're going to be in trouble, we're going to be in trouble. And the person is going, no, we're not. No, we're not. No, we're not. Be quiet. Or if the person goes, yeah, I know we're going to be in trouble. Like, how does that feel when someone goes, yeah, I understand. I get it. I'm solving for it too. Then you're like, if that happened, if you met that as opposed to no, we're not, and they don't even get it, does your energy level go up with that? Yes, it does. If they don't even get it, they're not even acknowledging it. But if it's met with acknowledgement of, yeah, I get it. And they're like, understand, then you're just like, does your energy level in that go down? And I would venture to say, that if you're like most humans, once we identify what it is, 25% reduction. They've even studied this in MRIs. Naming it, saying what it is, identifying the emotion reduces the energy in that lower brain by 25%. So validate, validate. Yes, I'm feeling this. Yes, I'm afraid of this. Yes, I'm scared that they're going to call me out or they're going to retaliate. Tell yourself the truth, right? I was taught this way. I'm afraid I'm going to be found out. All of this. And then get very curious. What's the story? What's the story behind me being afraid of know your place aggression? What's the story about me having imposter syndrome? Tell yourself and listen to your story. I teach my clients in Deeply Rooted, my six-month immersion, when we really do this work, I teach them to create listening rooms, right? Like where they learn to listen to themselves. 
or they slow it down and listen to themselves. Because we got a lot to say, but the problem is, is we're not being heard. So our energy level stays high because we're not listening. So validate it. I hear you. And then listen for its juice because it's on that part of you that is afraid is on your side. It's trying to protect you. So listen to it. It may have some jewels in there. There may be a roadmap if you listen to it, right? Instead of shutting it down. So what are you trying to tell me? Are you afraid they're going to retaliate? And what would that look like? What's the worst that can happen? They fire you. Okay. And then what happens after they fire you? Do you think you're never going to be able to find another job again? Actually, no. Oh, so you think you're not going to be able to find that job again? Yes. Oh, so the problem is if they let me go, then I won't be vice president of such and such and such. I'm going to have to work all the way and work my way up to it and such and such. And then that's where you hear your story. So the story is like, oh, I'm attaching. If I leave, if they don't like me, the safety is I'm going to have to go somewhere else and all that hard work is gone away. There you go, right there. Is that true? Is it possible that someone else would be like, I see all of that glorious value there and I want you? Is that possible? Or does will it take as long as you think? Or is there other options? When we back ourselves in, we don't understand the third door. I love using the third door. There's a third door, <laughs> right? So where is the third door? If they fire you, what could possibly happen to, right? Or why would they even fire you? Aren't you the best thing since hot water cornbread? So why would they do that, right? Go there, like my value, of course they want me. Like I'm amazing. And if they do, they're lost and I can take my value somewhere else or use it for myself, right? Imposter syndrome, do you work on that? Am I trying to be a perfectionist? Do I think I can't mess up? Am I being a human doing and not a human being? Is my value in my doing? And do I have to do it perfectly all the time? And my question to myself is always, how come everybody else, every other group gets to have a fuck up but me? No, black women get the fuck up just like everybody else, right? I'm not gonna operate on 100 all the time. So I just give myself that latitude. I'm not allowing other people's stereotypes now to dictate how I treat myself in this area, right? Like, it's like, I understand that there's stereotypes and I'm not subscribing to them anymore. I get to fuck up like everybody else. I love saying that because it means I get to be human. And that is a revolutionary act for us to identify and to like allow for our humanness. Okay. And in the demure one, like in the loud black woman one, I always ask this question, do you want to be demure? It's so funny that in a world that created a system where for the most part, black women at a higher percentage were the sole provider and single head of household sole provider, but yet still wanted them to act like this demure person that was a full-time <laughs> mother at home and had help. <laughs> so it was like they created a system where we had to be strong and then condemned us for doing 
what the system was designed to do, what our adaptation to the system was. So uh, to me, I just like say, fuck you to all of it. I was like, how dare you create a system where we as black women have to be strong and then beat us up for being strong? No, you can't have your cake and eat it too, right? You created the system, so you take ownership of it. Right? Like I'm not, you selling, I'm not buying. I'm strong. I know I am. Tough shit. Right? And I don't have to operate in that strength from a perfectionist point of view. I get to be human. Right? But that thing of I have to be demure and that's never going to be me. I tried it. I literally tried it. Can't be me. I just decided this is me. This is the best that I can be. And I think that's what serves the world best is when I'm operating in my best. So another thing you can say to this is notice the question of, I love answering my this to myself, asking myself this question. What happens if I continue to stay at this visibility capacity and I don't challenge it and I stay in this story? What happens five, 10 years from now? What's the impact of me not doing this work, of staying in this story? Because you have to tell the story to yourself so much that you see it as a story. You have to tell it like, and if you don't see it as a story, you haven't looked at it enough yet. So you literally have to like, sometimes this may take me months to like really think about why am I having this problem? What is this? Where did this come from? How did I get this way? Like, I just sit there and like really think about like for it. And it's like until I can unattach it as the truth and see it as a story, right? Once you can see it as a story, then you can treat your nervous system accordingly because now it's like, okay, nervous system, I understand you still think this is the truth, but I higher being know this is now a story. So now I'm going to support you through this transition. Not a problem that my nervous system is all up in arms and like scared and panicked. Not a problem at all. I know you're believing the story. So my job now is to support you as we work our way through this. And I like to go low and slow with this sometimes. I only like take my nervous system as far as I know that's kind and compassionate. Now, for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, about nervous system work, it's like partnering with yourself and like treating yourself as a kind friend. That's not taking yourself and dumping yourself in 15 foot of water and saying swim and screaming at them, but it's literally grabbing yourself by the hand and using the walk, the ramp and walking into the pool little by little by little. You good? You comfortable? See, we're still standing up. We're not in danger. And like just... Like I'm with you along the way. This is another thing we do specifically in Deeply Rooted. It's like I teach my clients how to partner with their nervous system. There is a thing to it. Like an understanding how to do this work is one of the best things you can do to get your epic shit out there, right? So partnering with your nervous system is a thing. But for those of you, just be kind to yourself. If you don't do anything else, be kind. Understand why I'm having this visibility. 
I'm going to be here with you. We're going to treat it as bullshit, but I understand why you're here and I'm going to love you along the way. Just like you would do a wounded animal, right? Like I'm here, I'm with you. You wouldn't just jump up on it and say, you shouldn't be having this reaction. It's like, of course you're having this reaction. I'm good. You pet it. You love it. Here's some food. Okay. You don't want the food. Okay. I'm just going to sit it right here. Like we just partner with our nervous system for as long as it takes. And the last thing we do is we tell ourselves the truth. We become what I call self-vulnerable. I'm struggling with this area because of this thing. And we just tell ourselves the truth. It's like, I now know what's going on. I have a diagnosis and I have a prescription. I think I've said this in another podcast. It's like when you go to the doctor and he's like, I don't know what it is. And I therefore don't know what the problem is. And you go to 15 doctors and they're still telling you this. Your anxiety goes up because it's like, I don't know what the problem is. And I don't know what the solution is, right? But if you went to one doctor and the doctor was like, oh, this is what it is. And this is the solution. And it's going to take us six months to get there, but we will get there, right? It's going to be full of ups and downs. And I may have to try two or three different things, but we will get there and it will be solved. After not knowing for years, and now you have a clear path, what is your anxiety level like, right? It's like, oh, thank you. I know what it is. And like, when you have the hiccup, you're like, yep, he said it. This is my time for me to manage my mind. Got it. So what if you became that for yourself? That's what I mean by self-vulnerability. Like tell yourself, like I'm struggling in this area and this is the reason why I'm struggling for it. And this is what I am doing for it, right? So like write out, this is what I'm doing. I'm challenging those views. I'm reminding myself that I this is not 1770 anymore. I'm challenging myself that the worst they can do is fire me and I know I can find another job. I know I can make some money somewhere. We won't be homeless, even though my nervous system is saying it. Like the truth is, I know I've defined this, but that's not going to be there, right? So become your own best coach, your own best, like here's the prescription and here's the plan, here's the diagnosis, right? And then normalize it all. If I can't say anything else, normalizing it all, like I'm here for it all. And I know exactly how and why I'm working on this. And yes, this is something worth working on. And then stay in that. Like, why would I want to increase my visibility capacity? What's the impact of me doing this work? We did the thing of what's the impact of me not doing this work, but what's the impact of me doing this work also? Like what will happen when I feel comfortable being visible in this next sphere, right? fully knowing that there's probably another sphere that I'm going to have to do this work on again, but that's okay. Just like I build this last one, I'm building this one and I'll be able to build the next one. But the building of it, allow yourself time to build it just like you would build in muscle. If you were going to the gym and like, I'm going to build up my arms, you would go do reps, do it consistently up the load, right? You wouldn't just keep doing five pound weights. You would up the load, up the frequency. You may decrease the reps as the weight gets up, right? But you're building muscle. Same thing on this. We're going to build our load, right? We're going to do reps. We're going to be consistent. Like I'm going to show up even when I don't want to. 
in a kind of way, not throw yourself in 15 foot of water way, but like ramp partnering with your nervous system. Yes, we're going to do this one thing. It's okay. I know you're going to feel like ass. We're going to do this presentation anyway. That's okay. We got it. We're going to prepare. You're going to be ready. What do you need? Right? If you don't learn to do anything else is to ask yourself and listen for what is it that you need, especially when doing visibility. All right, guys, this was a meaty one and it was a lot of information. So Right back, right? You know I love hearing your responses. If you're having issues with this, write to me at brig at brigjohnson.com. And yes, that is river in the background. So I think my podcast time has expired. <laughs> if you want to do this work, you know where to catch me in our community at Melanin Hour or in Deeply Rooted. I will talk at you later. But Queens, increase your visibility capacity right? Talk to you later. Bye. Did you enjoy this podcast where I have a personal invitation? I want to spend time with you, coach you, talk about the issues that are affecting you. We do this in a community we call the Melanin Hour, created just for us high achieving Black women. You can register at brickjohnson.com forward slash coaching. And don't forget, Deeply Rooted is where we put all this shit together. We immerse ourselves and we master this. Six months, you, me, and a bunch of women that look like you and got a little melanin in them. (laughs) That's Deeply Rooted. You can register for the wait list at brickjohnson.com forward slash group. Hope to see you there. Bye.